0: You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. As we go through the eighth chapter of the Mishnah in Erovin, we're going to start getting into questions as to what it really means to be a partner or a part of uh, a community that builds an Erov. And we're going to begin with two communities who live on different levels. And just to illustrate the situation that the Mishnah is going to talk about, I brought you a photograph of a, a courtyard in... Uh, actually, this this is in Morocco. This, this is a modern courtyard in Morocco. And you can see at the bottom the different rooms or the different houses they might be in the time of the Mishnah, all opening off the downstairs courtyard. And there's even a pool, a pool of water with a a little um, wall around it in the corner of the courtyard. And then up top there's another level and there's a gallery up top. It's a shared gallery and the rooms up top open out onto the shared gallery at the top just as the rooms down below open out onto the courtyard at the bottom. And in order to get access to the gallery at the top of course one has to walk through the courtyard in the bottom it's a bit like the discussion we had a few weeks ago about a courtyard within a courtyard the residents of the inner courtyard need to walk through the outer courtyard to get anywhere and similarly the residents of the upstairs gallery need to walk through the downstairs courtyard to get anywhere that's the situation, which the third Mishnah, in chapter eight, is going to describe. Anshei chatzair ve-anshei peset, the people of the courtyard and the people of the gallery. A mir peset could be is a balcony in modern Hebrew today, but it, it, you know it's a balcony. I mean, we can see from the picture, you know, it's a balcony, it's a gallery, it's an upper raised area which is not part of the house but is joined to the house the people of the courtyard and the people of the balcony they forgot and they didn't make an error. and this seems to mean that they didn't make an eruv. they didn't make a joint error between one and the other as if they made two separate Erovs one for the gallery above and one for the courtyard below where they didn't remember to join them together. Kol gavoa asarat La mir Anything higher than ten hands' belongs to the gallery. Pachot mikam lechatsir. So, for example, um a bor behasela a rim around a cistern, a wall around a cistern, or a high rock. Gavoi ma Fahim la mir the high rim, or the rock, if they're more than ten to high, belong to the gallery. Pachot mikan lechatzer. Less than that, they belong to the courtyard. And that means that the, the people in the courtyard can't make use, for example, of, um, say, the water in the pond if the wall around it is higher than 10 tefachim, higher than 10 hands that's about 30 inches because that's not part of their domain, that's part of the domain of the gallery above. And um, the Mishnah closes varim, What are we talking about here? Bismuchah. When something is close, aval bimufleket, if it's a long, long way away, if it's a long way away, even if it's ten hands-breadths high, it still belongs to the courtyard. What do we mean by adjacent? Well, we mean, we mean anything that's not further than four hands-breadths. And we've seen four hands-breadths before. It's about a foot actually. We've seen four hands breadths before as a critical measure when we were looking at the, the difference between a doorway and a window. We learned that four by anything bigger than four by four was a doorway. You could just about imagine a very thin child getting through a window that was a foot by foot. And similarly, here the critical measure for adjacent is four hands breadths. Now, the technical issue of the gallery. And the courtyard then brings us on to other kinds of um, places where you might or might not be able to mix an Erov. And the Mishnah goes on to talk about someone who puts his Erov not in a gallery, but somewhere which is not, strictly speaking, part of the house. So maybe a gatehouse or maybe a um, a sandra, which is a sort of a portico, Or, and maybe this is the connection with the previous Mishnah, or a gallery, Umir Peset. We're going to use the word Mir Peset again. We're going back to the gallery. It's not an Eruv. It seems as though these are the places where someone wouldn't live. You might live in a room that was off the balcony. But you wouldn't live in the balcony. You might live in a room that was connected to the gatehouse, but you wouldn't live in the gatehouse. And even if somebody were living there, they had Dar Sham, a nor Seralov, he doesn't prohibit him. Remember, we learned at a very early stage that anyone living in the courtyard had to participate. In the Eruv, if they didn't participate, it causes great problems. They had to effectively hand over their share of the courtyard to the other residents in order to allow the other residents to operate at all on Shabbat. Otherwise, just by not participating, they would invalidate the whole of the Eruv for every other member of the courtyard. We learned that at a very early stage. But it seems as though if you're living in one of these in between places, the gatehouse, the portico, or the gallery, then you're not properly resident. You're not a proper partner in the partnership. And as such, your residence there doesn't invalidate the error of even if you don't take part in it. And there are other places where you could live, which seem to be quite different, which don't, by the way, in our modern parlance, don't seem to be any more like residences. So the Mishnah goes on to say, "Buvet in a straw shed, ah uh, um, a cattle shed, uvet or a woodshed, uvet or a store shed." So all of these places seem to us. They don't really seem like residences either, but certainly in the in the language of the Mishnah, there are places where you might live. Harei Erov. you can put your eruv there, and it's an eruv. Vehadar sham oserelav. And if someone is living there but doesn't participate in the eruv, then absolutely it invalidates the eruv for everybody else. Rabbi Yudah says, yad shel Rabbi Yudah says, "You know." You have to not only live in the straw shed, the cattle shed, the woodshed, or the storehouse, but you have to own it properly if the householder owns the straw shed, the cattle shed, the woodshed, or the storehouse if the If the householder owns one of these outbuildings and there's just someone sleeping there, then the householder's got enough rights to effectively commit that part of the property to the heir of so A not of Sarah Love, the resident, you know, someone who's just residing, someone who's just sleeping in a property that's owned by someone else. A bit like maybe you had a a summer house at the bottom of your garden. They have these a lot in San Francisco. And maybe you've got a guest sleeping in your summer house. You still own that summer house. And so the guest sleeping there doesn't invalidate the error for everybody else. So being just as living in a gatehouse doesn't allow you to invalidate the error of just being a basically a tenant or a guest doesn't seem to allow you to invalidate the error of either to be a real partner you have to have real ownership what if you have real ownership but you choose to go away what if you go on holiday what if you go on a cruise someone who leaves his house someone he leaves his house and he goes to spend shabbat in some other town and the mishnah at this point doesn't care whether he's jewish or not jewish it doesn't matter whether he's jewish or non-jewish he prohibits the others from caring this is presuming by the way that he didn't participate in the error of before he left this is all presuming he hasn't participated in the Erev before he's gone off on his cruise. Rabbi Meir, that's the view of Rabbi Meir. And we learned when we looked at the sixth chapter. That there's a debate as to whether, uh, for example, if you're sharing your courtyard with a non-Jew, whether, you know, whether, whether their um, participation in the Erev is required. And there's a debate between the sages about it. You know, isn't, can a, can a non Jew really be properly part of an Erev? And does his failure to participate invalidate the Erev? According to Rabbi Meir, someone who goes away without participating invalidates the Erev Jew or non Jew. Rabbi Judah says, eh, no, it doesn't make any difference. Rabbi Yossi says, Nochrios, it's interesting, Rabbi Yossi has an absolutely op- in chapter six there was a doubt as to whether a non-jew counted at all for these purposes rabbi Yossi says nohri oser rabbi Yossi says a non-jew certainly certainly invalidates the Erov if they go away for shabbat and uh, don't you know don't participate in making the error oser. Shabbat, Because the non-Jew might come back on Shabbat. If you've got a non-Jew living with you, absolutely, he can go away on Shabbat, he can come back on Shabbat. He's there, he's present. He's got to be either, he's he's, he's, he's a partner. He can be a partner. He should be part of the of. Whereas Rabbi Yoshi says, look, if a Jewish guy goes away on Shabbat, then you know he's not coming back because he's not going to come back on Shabbat. So he's effectively relinquished his share or his partnership in the courtyard, at least for the duration of that Shabbat. And Rabbi Shimon, he drives it in. He actually, although maybe there's something about staying with your, um, maybe there's something about staying with your son-in-law, actually, uh, in, in this Mishnah. Um, <laughs> Rabbi Shimon is going to drive it even further and says, you know, even if he's just staying around the corner, with his family, he might come back on Shabbat. Rabbi Shimon Omer, he's actually just gone to spend Shabbat with his daughter in the same town. But maybe he might come back. Because he. So he might come back, but he's turned his attention away. So Rabbi Shimon seems to be saying, look, he could come back. effectively his his mind is turned away so we're prepared to accept that he's not part of the partnership anymore and his absence doesn't prohibit the others from using the eroth thank you for listening to this edition of the daily mishnah podcast with benedict